The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey guys, welcome back to the Buff Hub on Buffalo Rumblings, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am super stoked. As promised, I brought back Ian from Jet Central. He is a YouTuber who covers the New York Jets, and we are going to get into this Jets preview. We are super uh, interested, to say the least, in, in this week, just because, you know, it's a measuring stick for both teams, right, Ian? I mean, you look at the Buffalo Bills, who are currently trying to rebound after two just vicious losses. Uh, you got you know, Josh Allen just not looking in sync. You got the defense trying to, you know, find answers. And then on the other side, I'm sure you can attest to the Jets struggles. I mean, Ian, how about number one? How are you? And number two, maybe you can just talk about the Jets a little bit, what your experience has been like this season. Yeah, uh, I'm good. And first and foremost, uh, thanks so much for having me on. I mean, last time was an absolute blast and, uh, I'm pumped that I get to, you know, come back on, but, um, to answer your question, man, um, I, Obviously, the Jets are horrible. We're seeing the league. Um, you look at like the point differential, not only just the record, 0-6, but the point differential is horrible. It's so much worse than every other team out there. Um, you know, I, it, It's gotten to the point, to be honest with you, that I, it, it's not even fun watching these games anymore. Um, and, and, and that's tough. You know, it's tough as a diehard Jet fan. But... You know, at the end of the day, there is somewhat or, you know, we can all hope that there's a light at the end of the tunnel with the number one overall pick. Definitely going to be getting a new head coach in the building. So that's kind of my overall thought process on, you know, the current state of affairs of the Jets. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm just waiting for the day. Okay, Ian, I'm waiting for the day where we're going to have a podcast together and you're just going to have the complete opposite just vibe about your team, man. Look, I'm going to tell I'm going to be honest with you. All right. No hard feelings, no nothing. If you want to be a Bills fan for the rest of the season, you can jump on the wagon and jump off. It's fine, man. I feel that bad for you. It stinks. We, I've been in your shoes, okay? I remember when the Bills were 3-13. and 13, We had nothing going for us. It was an absolute disaster. It made no sense whatsoever. But look, man, um, ugh, it's, it's, it's every time I just hear about how the Jets game went, all I think about is how Number one, I see your tweets and I just, I feel so bad. And number two, I'm just thinking about 
how much anticipation and excitement you had going into this season to hopefully, you know, build upon the stars you already had. You had Jamal Adams, you had Le'Veon Bell, you got Denzel Mims coming out of the draft. Uh, a lot of momentum was going, and then boom, it just started to just kind of fall apart with the trade. And uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell gets released, and he's he's, he's on the Chiefs now. Does he revive his career? I mean, who knows? But look, man, uh, well, let's let's talk about it for a little bit though about the Jets because. Look, the Buffalo Bills, even throughout those years, there were definitely some potential building blocks, right? So I I know the state of the Jets, it is what it is, but are there any, do you see any building blocks that the Jets should definitely, uh, you know, keep in the building? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, uh, that you say that, but I, I definitely think there's only three, you know, the good news is, is that there's, I mean, the three guys are absolute beasts. They're definitely, you know, definite bright spots uh, of the scene they have been so far through the season. With the bad coaching, with the losing of the games, it's not these guys' fault. They look really, really good. Number one, Mackay Becton, rookie left tackle, guy's an absolute monster. Uh, slot corner, uh, nickel corner, uh, Brian Poole actually has been playing fantastic, fantastic ball. And then uh, Marcus May, who's kind of played a little bit of strong safety, a little bit of free safety, but the guy, I mean, he's been dominating uh, throughout the the course of the entire year. And a lot of people thought that, you know, he would get picked on because of Jamal, uh, Jamal Adams leaving, you know, obviously to the Seahawks, but no, I mean, it's not the case. May's actually picked up uh, or really, I mean, this is his best season of his career and nobody really thought that going into the year. So uh, super encouraging. Yeah, no, I I remember you talking about him last time and uh, I was interested to see what he was doing. And I'll tell you, man, I, uh, I quite honestly did not expect the jets to be zero and six. I anticipated at the very, like I I expected like a a three and three or two and four, uh, especially with all the talent, you know, coming out of last season, the strong finish. And then, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, just to see a team have so much talent and then you go into a season and it just, it just falls apart. I mean, I haven't seen something like this and I don't know how long I can remember now. Let me talk about the bills now, if you don't mind. Right. Yeah. Let's get, I don't dude, dude, I don't know. I don't know what to tell bills fans. I don't know what to tell coworkers. Basically where I'm at is very simple. We are not ready once again to beat the prime time game teams. I, I I don't know how else to put it. I say prime time game teams because those teams are from the NFC and the AFC. And, you know, they're, they're, they're making the playoffs. The Rams, they, they, you know, they were close. I mean, whether nine and seven last season, but you know, they're looking great. We got that win, but we almost fell apart. You know, I'm looking at the bills right now and I am just baffled to say the least about what I have seen against you know, two teams that I thought we definitely would put up a good fight against. Now, with that being said, the most recent loss, you have a situation where, yes, I totally get it. We're, we're dealing with the COVID situation and, you know, the games don't have enough practice time, whatever have you. I understand that. And I don't even want to look at the scoreboard. It's in the manner in which you lose. Once again, that matters the most. Are you getting crushed? Are you getting figured out? Because what I saw in this last game with the Chiefs is a a coaching staff that was completely outclassed. They had no answers. They didn't know what to do. Andy Reid had a way better game plan with all of his coaching staff than Sean McDermott did. 
And this was something I was concerned about. I'm not going to lie to you. Week eight hit, week nine hit, and I'm wondering, man, can we get identity on the offensive side of the football? Thought we did for the first four games of the season until people started to figure out how we were using Stefan Diggs, right? So now we have a situation where who needs to step up? You know, we got got a divisional opponent against the Jets, but here's what I'm going to also put out there. The injury report, it is stacked, Ian. Just to say a couple of names here, let me know if any of them ring a bell. You say yes or no to these names. Wide receiver John Brown. Yes. Out. Guard Cody Ford. Yes. Out. Matt Milano, linebacker. Yep. Questionable. Josh Norman. Yep. Out. Tredavious White, cornerback. Yep. Questionable. Last one. Tight end, Dawson Knox. Yeah, of course, man. Ole Miss. Out. These are key names. These are, these are names that I look at on an injury report, and I am wondering to myself, when are we going to get healthy? Because something I notice about injury reports, Ian, is that, yes, it's happenstance, but also when you're not playing comfortable and you're not playing good team football, you deal with either players getting really frustrated inside of a locker room, or you deal with really bad injuries where they're playing outside of their um, comfort zone. So in other words, coaches aren't putting them in position to succeed. They're putting them in position to do things, do things that are outside of their comfort zone. And uh, basically, you either get really poor execution or definitely injuries occur. Got Josh Allen running all over the place. I don't believe that, uh, <laughs> you know, your offensive line is built to run all over the place. Your offensive line is built to open up the passing lane or open up the running lanes and protect your quarterback. So let's get one thing straight here. Uh, the Bills have a lot of issues, right? And yeah. one thing I saw last year from the Jets is they surged. Something clicked and they just started to surge last year and they made some noise. So I'm not going to just sit and think that this game is going to be a fluke. No, I'm taking this game serious because it's on the Buffalo Bills side. We'll talk about the Jets side in a second. For the Buffalo Bills, this is a big um, statement game for Sean McDermott. I don't want to talk about anybody else but Sean McDermott for this game. I'm done talking about the players. We have plenty of talent. We have plenty on the resume. You need to see results. Two back-to-back primetime games, and you basically get embarrassed in both of them. I don't know where else to stand. One thing I do feel is it does not feel like solid ground. Am I panicking? Not really. I'm just expecting at this point in the season for our head coach, who got us in the playoffs twice in the last couple of years, to have some answers. Or I'm going to start believing he's just a defensive coordinator. That's where I stand. Make a statement, or in my head, and in a lot of Bills fans' heads, you're just another defensive coordinator who got a head coaching job. You're head coach. You're over the offense and the defense, correct? Not just the defense. This was the same issue. You know what, Ian? We'll talk about this guy. You saw this issue with who? Rex Ryan, didn't you? At some point, there was nothing clicking. 
And, and, and you just got frustrated. Wait, we just went to two back-to-back AFC championships. It was back-to-back. I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, you know, maybe you can give some perspective to Bills fans dealing with Rex Ryan. Then we'll talk about the Jets going into this matchup because I think it's pretty relevant as far as our experience being 4-2 and two at this point. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I I will say this. The the difference between those old Jets teams, you know, the 2009, 2010, uh, 2011 Jets squads, was that they had an absolute just, I mean, they built the entire roster around Mark Sanchez to where all he pretty much had to, all Sanchez had to do every week was just not turn the ball over. If, he, if Sanchez would not, you know, the Jets were so good back then. They had the defense. They had Revis Cromartie. They had Bart Scott, Chris Jenkins. They had everybody making trades for guys like Santonio Holmes, Raylan Edwards. They signed LaDandy and Tomlinson. They had a stacked offensive line. It got like that team, those teams were so good to where Mark San, if Mark Sanchez throws two picks a game on average, they're still in the game. That That's how those teams were built because it was, it was almost like, we're going to play worst case scenario and we're not going to let Sanchez throw deep. We're just going to let him throw slants and we're going to let him, uh, hand the ball off to guys like, uh, you know, uh, Sean green LT and just let him sit there and try to just throw darts short and sweet pretty much the entire game where I feel like with the Buffalo bills, yes, they have a bunch of great players, but the bills are young and ascending and they're just putting their, foot on the throats of every other team out there outside of the two top teams in the AFC, the chiefs and the Titans. And one of those, you know, was, you know, an off week with the virus and everything like that, you know, like, uh, the schedule got moved around and then the, you know, the game with the Titans, that was just like in horrendous weather. Um, and I feel like Tennessee's kind of built for those types of games. It's funny. I feel like I'm a lot higher on Buffalo than you, but I mean, I really, really like this Bills team and to kind of get back to the point that I was talking about before, you know, in, you know, uh, uh, comparing those jet teams to this bills, the 2020 bills is I feel like Josh Allen. Well, I, I feel like with the jets, it's a bunch of veteran players kind of carrying Mark Sanchez along, but with the bills team, it's like a bunch of young players all getting better at the same time, including the coaching staff. But Josh Allen is, you know, an MVP candidate. Mark Sanchez was never that. There were question marks about Sanchez, even when he was in the in the uh, conference game. You know, people were still hopping off the bandwagon. Hey, this guy throws too many picks. He airmails too many throws. He can't go through his reads properly. Properly. Um, you know, he's a clutch guy. He's a clutch quarterback. But I feel like with Josh Allen, this guy, it was almost like when Sanchez Sanchez's rookie year. That was like his ceiling. Like he was not going to get any better. And yet he was throwing a crazy amount of interceptions with Josh Allen. The, the sky's the limit. And I feel like at no point was Mark Sanchez ever considered, you know, MVP offense player of the year or let alone rookie of the year. Um, so, uh, I, I really like Allen. I really like the direction that this bill team was going in, you know, just to think a little bit outside of the box. I really do wonder how the Buffalo Bills would have been with Rex Ryan had Rex Ryan had Josh Allen. I can't sit here and and say to myself after seeing how we went eight and eight, seven and nine, seven and nine, you know, all these, you know, just, it felt like we were almost there kind of seasons and we had uh, Tyrod Taylor. It's like, you know, to Rex Ryan's credit, Rex Ryan never had a great quarterback. He's always subpar. 
someone who basically was just told, don't turn the ball over and just try to execute the best you can. We'll try to get your, get the players in position to be there when that play needs to happen. Simple as that. That's, I just felt like the game plan always looked very simple. Now, you know, I'll be honest with you, Ian. When I found out the Buffalo Bills got Sean McDermott, I thought one of two things. It, it, is, I really hope this guy isn't a repeat. You know, I was, I was really hoping he wasn't going to be a repeat. And then I got a lot of faith in him when I saw all these players getting, you know, traded and we got picks and I'm just like, okay, we're just going to be rebuilding. We're going to have a couple of really terrible seasons. We went to the playoffs, <laughs> nine and seven. We lose in the playoffs. Uh, it, it's just, you know, then, then we go back to the playoffs with Josh Allen after a terrible season. And now we're here at four and two. Up top on the division with, uh, you know, the New England Patriots, one deep threat away from really challenging the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the New New York Jets in a very tumultuous, uh, you know, start and situation. And now you got Miami at three and three. Miami's three and three. Am I wrong? I, I think I saw that right. Miami is still in the race. They Buffalo, are. if Buffalo loses against the Jets... If they do, Miami can easily take control of this division. This is like, uh, Tua's starting. Is he the next Russell Wilson? I'm not going to say that. But I definitely think that the Miami offense is going to look a lot different. It's a lot lot more difficult to prepare for a left-handed quarterback because of the angles and how the routes basically all become opposite. I guarantee you, Ian, <laughs> for the Dolphins, they're going to tell Tua, okay, every single one of these game plays, or one, every single one of these plays, just just flip the routes the other way. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, I don't know. Look, there's a lot happening in the AFC East, and at this point in the season, quite honestly, I was hoping for the Bills to be 5-1, and one, especially after winning three straight. I was like, oh, man, then we won four. I was like, whoa. And then, you know, the Titans just destroy us, pummel us, all hope gone, play the Kansas City Chiefs, no answers, thrown in the rain, Stephon Diggs is dropping balls. Wow. You know, what's crazy is I feel like a Browns fan right now. Browns fans are four and two. Browns fans feel like they're one and four. Because they know there's a big issue in the building. They got destroyed by Big Ben coming back from uh, injury. You know, going into the season and now, you know, the Steelers are surging, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it felt when we lost these two games in a row. That loss that the Browns, you know, experienced with the Steelers, it wasn't even close. Like, that's how the Bills' last two losses felt put together. Thankfully... That loss didn't come to the New England Patriots with Cam Newton, and we're four and two. Thankfully, it was against um, you know opponents who are in the conference, not in the division. So, how about we get into this matchup now? Because we have to, Ian. We got to talk about something about this matchup. And uh, obviously, I'm looking at Sam Darnold. I'm saying this isn't a game. I'm looking at Sam Darnold. You don't even have to win it, man. Just play good, because someone 
is going to see some potential in you to trade for you if, in the fact, they end up wanting to get rid of him to give you a fresh start. Am I wrong for thinking? I, I want to talk about Sam Darnold more than anyone about the Jets because I look at Sam Darnold and I am completely perplexed on him struggling this season. It, it just it just blew me away. Uh, you know, go ahead, Ian. Take the floor. Yeah, yeah no, so... I think when you look at Don, I mean, me personally, I'm just going to be blunt. I'm going to get right to it. Uh, if the Jets are picking number one overall, we're so technically we are the worst team in the league. Uh, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence a thousand percent. I'm not thinking about it. I'm, I'm getting rid of Sam Darnold. I'm trading trading him, seeing what I can get for him. What if it's a first round pick? Amazing. If it's a second round pick, whatever, I'll take it. You know, fine. I. I've seen enough of the interceptions, the bad footwork, the bad mechanics, uh, you know, and you know, it, it would be one thing if it was one year, you know, like one year of bad football, but it's, you know, we're going into year three now. And last year, the jets were 32, the, 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 the worst offense in the national football league dead last. Wow. And now you look at this year and what's what's the story it's the same thing we're dead last again and of course you know we can say adam gase is horrible which he is we can say Le'Veon bell never got the football which is true but when you look at his rookie year when you look at the sophomore year when you look at now his junior year you know with the new york jets or you know his three-year career with the team he literally looked better his rookie year I mean, the guy's regressing, and yeah, like you could point to coaching, uh, coaching for sure, and how this team is built, and he's never really get, was given an opportunity to succeed. But you know, like, what what are we going to do? Are I know there's like been a lot of talk of if the Jets finish with the worst pick, um, you know, go zero and sixteen or whatever it is. Just let's trade back and let's get like a huge haul of picks, like you know uh, the Rams did with the Redskins all those years ago, and like let's draft corners and O line and you know just refill this roster. Number one, I don't trust Jets management to do uh, to to nail all those draft picks. Number two, if that's the case, we're we're again rolling the dice on Darnold. He hasn't really shown much over three years, and say he does like decent or average or you know continues to do this. Not only are we just missing out on the best quarterback prospect ever or, you know, since uh, Elway, but now we're in a position where we have to pay Donald uh, like a mega deal. Like what, 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 I don't even know what the next step would be. Like if, if Donald goes out there and is average, you look at what quarterbacks are getting paid like today and it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's 24. $25 million a season. And I don't want the jets to be handicapped or handcuffed, like kind of how the Vikings are with Kirk cousins or the Falcons are with Matt Ryan or that Rams are with Jared Goff, where it's like they have this massive contract, but these quarterbacks are just, you know, they're not elite guys. And I mean, especially with, I mean, it is like a couple of those other, other guys, like you can make say like, Oh, well, you know, Goff was in a super bowl and whatnot, but Darnold, it's like, you know, the interceptions are there. The bad mechanics are there. Losing games is there. The regression is there. And, uh, you know, to top it all off, it's not like we're like, you know, the, the Bucks a couple of years ago where we're, you know, losing these games 38 to 35. No, we're losing these games, uh, 
you know, by huge, huge double digit margins each and every week. So, and I, I get it. Flacco's played a couple games here and there, but, and he has not looked good either, but yeah. Donald will probably, I mean, this is like my honest opinion. Donald will probably go to a team like Indianapolis or Pittsburgh and maybe play next season or, you know, the following season after like a year on the bench or something like that. And look, Pretty good, just because he escaped Gase, just like all these different players, like Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker and Ryan Tannehill. You know, all these different guys escape Gase and just all of a sudden start dominating. That's probably what's going to happen with Darnold, but that doesn't change the fact for me personally that I want Trevor Lawrence. I, I think it's too too good of an opportunity to pass up. I, I really do believe that. Sunshine. That's what people say, right, when they see him? Sunshine. Yeah. Hey, Trevor Lawrence is the man. Um, You know, I hope the best for you guys, uh, for the Jets fans. I feel like you guys have suffered. Wow. It's been, it's been a while now. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you got to draw the line somewhere for, you know, let's just close with this. I mean, at the end of the day for both teams, you have to draw the line at some point on what's acceptable and what is not acceptable. And, you know, it's, it's like with anything, right? If you're, if you're looking at someone who's working a job, right? An employee who has a terrible boss is probably going to be subpar at his job eventually because he's sick of it. He's not in his head. You know, he, he, he doesn't have his head together. He doesn't have his, his game together. Uh, you know, basically your, your coach is bringing out the worst in you, not the best in you. Maybe what Sam Darnold needs is a fresh start to have someone who can bring out the best in him, right? I mean, Trevor Lawrence looks like the savior of the Jets, and I'll be honest with you. That's what I looked at for the next future Bills quarterback. Now, I'll be honest and be on the record saying this because it was it was me. I, I, I thought Josh Rosen was going to be the Buffalo Bills' uh, future. Then we drafted Josh Allen, the rawest prospect in the draft. Boy, was I wrong about who was going to be most successful coming out of that draft. So am I thankful and happy now? Absolutely. But again, there is a line that cannot be crossed after a certain amount of either negatives or, you know, after a certain amount of positives, like, you got to keep that consistency going. You can't just be positive for, you know, set amount of games. Like you got to keep that at a consistent level. You can't just have these blowout wins and blowout losses. Like who are you then? I guess that's your identity, Buffalo. Blowout wins, blowout losses. I hope not. I hope that's not who the Buffalo Bills are. But again, I it's a lot to read into. You look at you know, the, the, the injury report. And do you just blame it on the injury? Do you just blame it on the coaches being better? Do you blame it on the weather? Do you blame it on the touch of the ball? At the end of the day, this is what the NFL draws the line upon for primetime games, for the playoffs, and for the draft. It's wins and losses. We'll close with that, Ian. Thank you so much for joining me again on the Buff Hub, Ian. Please, let the audience know where they can find all of your content. 
Well, hey, thanks again so much for having me on, dude. I feel like we have really good chemistry together, and it's always a blast, uh, you know, collabing and, you know, for just for us to talk about, you know, not only just uh, New York and Buffalo, but just NFL overall. Uh, But yeah, I run a New York Jets YouTube page called Jets Central, pretty much post all things New York Jets. And uh, yeah, dude, thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, and always a pleasure. And you know, anytime we're talking about the Jets or there's some news that breaks about the Jets and the Bills in the AFC East, you know I'm calling you. Thank you again, audience of Buffalo Rumblings and all listeners alike for joining me on the Buff Hub. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Go Bills. Let's win this Sunday.